Trump defunds the WHO. Obama endorses Biden. Peaceful protesters protesting for their constitutional rights get shut down. And New York City caught inflating their death toll to make the crisis seem worse than it is. We're going to get into all this and more. Welcome to America the Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Saladino. This is the weekly episodes. Every Saturday, we interview somebody from around the country. Now, let's get into this. Trump defunds the WHO. Listen to this. Lives. Today, I'm instructing my administration to halt funding of the World Health Organization while a review is conducted to assess the world... Health organization's role in severely mismanaging and covering up the spread of the coronavirus. Everybody knows what's going on there. American taxpayers provide between $400 million and $500 million per year to the WHO. In contrast, China contributes roughly $40 million a year and even less. As the organization's leading sponsor, the United States has a duty to insist on full accountability, one of the most dangerous and costly decisions from the WHO was its disastrous decision to oppose travel restrictions from China and other nations. They were very much opposed to what we did. Fortunately, I was not convinced and suspended Trump. So Trump was is he basically saying the WHO was telling Trump not to do the things or not recommending the things that he did end up doing that was needed to be done. Travel from China. Bad advice from the WHO. Saving untold numbers of lives. Thousands and thousands of people would have died. Had other nations likewise suspended travel from China, countless more lives would have been saved. Instead, look at the rest of the world. Look at parts of Europe. Other nations and regions who followed WHO guidelines and kept their borders open to China accelerated the pandemic all around the world. Many countries said, we're going to listen to the WHO, and they have problems the likes of which they cannot believe. Nobody can believe. The decision of... Now, also Trump, he also blasts them again in another clip. We're going to listen to that. Not even close. Had the WHO done its job to get medical experts into China to objectively assess the situation on the ground and to call out China's lack of transparency. The outbreak could have been contained at its source with very little death, very little death, and certainly very little death by comparison. This would have saved thousands of lives and avoided worldwide economic damage. Instead, the W... That's the biggest problem, the worldwide economic damage, because what we all know now is that more data comes out this virus was not nearly as devastating as it was made out to be but the economic effects that was caused from the reaction of it from not having the proper data and information from china that's what the real that's what the real damage was done who willingly took china's assurances to face value and they took it just at face value and defended the actions of the chinese government even praising china for its so-called transparency. I don't think so. The WHO pushed China's misinformation about the virus, saying it was not communicable and there was no need for travel bans. They told us when we put on our travel ban, a very strong travel ban, there was no need to do it. Don't do it. They actually fought us. 
The WHO's reliance on China's disclosures likely caused a 20-fold increase in cases worldwide, and it may be much more than that. The WHO has not addressed a single one of these concerns, nor provided a serious explanation that acknowledges its own mistakes, of which there were many. So, yes, obviously Trump is right. The WHO made tons of mistakes and never issued corrections. Their mishandling of this situation and their shilling out for China led to the situations that we're currently in. So Trump is definitely making the right decision with the defunding them. He said, I think a week ago or a week or two ago, he was planning on look, defunding them or looking into it. Right now, it seems like he's defunded them until the investigation is over and they get to figure out what was going on completely. I think hopefully they find out the true corruption behind the guy who's running the WHO. Obviously, these are all political organizations. These are worldwide organizations. They're going to be corrupted. They're going to have interests. They're going to have their own agenda. They're going to have their own, uh, oh, we need to get the money from here, the money from there. So we got to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's all about the money. You follow the money trail. So obviously, if the U.S. stops giving them money forever, they'll probably make that up from China, to be honest. But then at that point, the WHO loses its credibility, so China may not even want to bother with them since it's kind of a waste at that point. If the U.S. isn't funding them, who's going to listen to them? At that point, the organization is totally destroyed, which it should be. Organizations like that should be destroyed whenever they screw up, <laughs> especially this bad. That's the only way how you keep people in check, and Trump is doing a good job with that because at least now if another organization t takes, it pl they takes its place or instead we're not listening to any world organizations, we're listening to ourselves, that could be, a better, that could be even better because obviously we know how this has been corrupted, and, and these things happen. They get corrupted. They, they have their own agenda, their own political agenda. Trump's doing the right thing. He's a good job. Doing a good job. Lockdown protests are now starting in North Carolina. At least help us out with that, okay? But as of right now, you're putting me in a situation where I got to make a move one way or the other, okay? All right? So at minimum, at minimum. Somebody was actually arrested at this. There is video of that, and this is the video of a woman being arrested for peacefully protesting for her constitutional rights. So they're just pulling her away. This is what's happening. Now, the police department that did all this, they went on a tweeting spree. We're aware of the reopen NC protest that is occurring in downtown. Uh, I, can't I can't pronounce names. Rally. R-A-L-E-I-G-H. Okay. On Wilmington and Jones Street and are monitoring the situation. The protesters are in violation of the governor's executive order and have been asked to leave. There's a photo of the protesters. 
They have signs, freedom is essential, uh, reopen, it's hard to read it, uh, hashtag free the people. We are opening William Street and Jones Street. The protest has been cleared and there was one arrest made. The, uh, the arrest was made by the state capitol police. Then they also said, somebody said, what part of the governor's order was violated here? They replied back, protesting is a non-essential activity. I go, is this a parody police account? Because if this was real, they are now relieved from duty. So yes, this police department seems to be towing the line between becoming tyrannical. And this is the situation that we're at right now, where police departments are not allowing people to peacefully protest for their rights. Now, this is, this is how a revolution starts. This is the beginning. This is the part when we read in the history textbooks. We're not even at the point with the Boston Tea Party, but we're getting close to those starting points in our history where the revolution starts to begin. And it's going to start with these peaceful protests. Then an event is going to take place. Then the revolution is going to begin. So... When the peaceful protests start to get shut down, there's going to be... I don't think we're going to get to the point of a revolution, in my opinion, because we're going to open up before that's going to happen. But right now we're seeing a lot of these local officials take advantage of this newfound power, and they're still acting as if this is doomsday. Sorry, I always burp. I drink Red Bulls. I burp a lot. So excuse my burps. It's going to be my trademark, burping all the time. So we're seeing all these local officials take advantage of their power. And us Americans need to take note who those officials are, who those politicians are. Are they up for re-election? Because we need to make sure we don't vote for them. And, and the frustrating part is we have so many Democrats that are going to be voting Democrat no matter what. They're, the problem is we have 50% of America that just wants their rights taken away. Just take my rights away. I don't need my rights. And so the other 50% of America is like, no, we, we want our rights. These are our rights. And that's the problem is we're fighting against these Democrats who want our rights taken away while we want our, own, want our rights to be preserved. And that's the fight that we're fighting. So they're electing these officials who don't believe in freedom because they represent the other 50% of America who doesn't really quite believe in freedom. <laughs> I mean, it's not 50%. It's a little bit less, but you know what I mean for the, for the purpose of, of this, uh, this argument. We're, I don't think we're going to get to the point of a revolution, but we're getting pretty damn close. Barack Obama finally endorses Biden. Listen to this. I'm so proud to endorse Joe Biden for president of the United States. Choosing Joe to be my vice president was one of the best decisions I ever made. Was it? And he became a close friend. And I believe Joe has all the qualities we need in a president right now. He's someone whose own life. <laughs> Hold on, it just <laughs> I'm watching this and Biden's and, and, and Obama's face, he's just like, let's just watch. Joe has all the qualities we need in a president right now. And he just pauses because <laughs> he knows. He's like, oh, God, am I really saying this? <laughs> he knows Biden's a sham. Not a sham, an idiot. He's someone whose own life has taught him how to persevere, how to bounce back when you've been knocked down. When Joe talks. It sounds like such a generic endorsement video. 
Where, where have we ever heard about Biden's life and how he's bounced back on things? It's not something we hear of. The, the, the Biden story and his come up is, is not a story. It's not a thing. So, so why are you bring this up like the Biden story from, from, from the ground up and he made it? We, we don't, that's not a story. So he's making it sound like Biden's known for this story in a way. With parents who've lost their jobs, we hear the son of a man who once knew the pain of having to tell his children that he'd lost his. When Joe talks about opportunity for our kids, we hear the young father who took the train home each night so he could tuck his children into bed. And we hear the influence of Jill, a lifelong teacher. When Joe talks to families who've lost a hero, we hear another parent of an American veteran, a kindred spirit, somebody whose faith has endured the hardest loss there is. That's Joe. Through all his trials, he's never once forgotten the values or the moral fiber that his parents... So Joe, Joe is qualified because he took the train home to tell his kids goodnight, and his wife is a teacher. That's, uh, that's his qualifications. Jesus. <laughs> ...passed on to him, and that made him who he is. That's what steals his faith in God, in America and in all of us. That steel made him an incredible partner when I needed one the most. Joe was there as we rebuilt from the Great Recession and rescued the American auto industry. He was the one asking what every policy would do for the middle class and everyone striving to get into the middle class. That's why I asked him to implement the Recovery Act, which saved millions of jobs. I can't listen to this anymore. There's another piece of... Obama pretty pretty much taking credit for not allowing H1N1 to become an Ebola, to become an outbreak like it is right now. Listen, this is the most ridiculous part. It's stuff done. Joe helped me manage H1N1 and prevent the Ebola epidemic from becoming the type of pandemic we're seeing now. Yes, it was them. It was them. Obama and Biden saved the world twice from H1N1 and the Ebola outbreak. Praise be to Obama and to Joe Biden. They're the reason why we're, we didn't go through those two economic shutdowns back then because there was a virus going around. That's the reason why there weren't millions and millions of death projections <laughs> For those viruses, because they accounted for Obama and Biden as president. That's why there were no death projections that showed millions that never came true. Because it accounted for Biden and Obama in the office. That's why. They're the reasons why we did not face an, a crisis. Yeah, that's why. Has nothing to do with the politics and over-exaggerating things because that's the way the media is going now because of Orange Mad Bad. That had nothing to do with it. They're the ones that we got. We should show them some respect. <laughs> that's ridiculous. So New York City has increased its COVID-19 death toll by more than 3.7 thousand based on presumptions, and they and these were not tested. COVID-19 deaths. This is a desperate attempt to inflate the death count to justify this massive policy failure. They also probably did this so they could receive more federal aid from having more COVID-19 deaths because 
For each COVID-19 death, the government gives them more money. Cuomo was tweeting this out. He was talking about how some states were getting 300000 and how his state was only getting about 12000 I think I think it was around. Don't, don't, don't quote me on those numbers. So here's an article by the New York Times, I believe. I had to go around the paywall. So the city added more than 3.7 thousand additional people who are presumed to have died from coronavirus but have been never tested. The New York City, already a world epicenter of the COVID-19 outbreak, sharply increased its death toll on Tuesday after officials said that they were now including victims who have never been tested for the virus but were presumed to have died from it. The new figures released by the city's health department drove up the number uh, to more than 10,000 in New York City and appeared to increase the overall United States death toll by 17% to more than 26,000. The number brought into clear focus the staggering toll the virus has already taken on the largest city in America, where deserted streets are haunted by the near-constant howl of ambulance sirens. Far more people have died in New York City on a per capita basis than in Italy, the hardest hit country in Europe. So it just goes on to say what they've been doing. This is a desperate attempt to increase the death toll amount to justify their massive policy failures. I think it's getting to the point where these officials are realizing that they made the wrong decision, but politically they can't come out saying... We shouldn't have did the shutdown. This this stuff was a whole fraud. It was a whole a whole sham because that admits that they're wrong, and that's that's a loss politically. You can't win politically by coming out saying you're wrong like that. The media forced this hand into these actions, and the only way to politically win is to actually go along because more than half the country was living in fear from this virus forcing this lockdown. And the reason why I say more than half because pretty much everybody on the left was forced in the lockdown. And everybody on the left thinks it's doomsday. And then you got the people on the right like split. There's a lot of people on the right split. I would say probably more than half now are saying this lockdown was not necessary. And then the other half was saying we need to do the lockdown. So you had over half the country forcing these lockdowns. And the only way to politically win as a politician is to go along with that. Because even if you know that the death toll would not be 2.2 million, even if you know that, if you don't take any actions, no matter what, you'll be blamed for every single death. Even if there's only 10,000 deaths, you'll be blamed for those deaths because then they would have been like, well, you should have took action and these 10,000 people wouldn't die. There's no winning politically by knowing the projection models are bullshit and not taking action. So the only way to win politically is to take action and say, well, look, I just saved the world. And that's, that's what's happening. That's what Cuomo did. That seems like the only thing, the only option Trump had. So now Cuomo was coming out today saying that he got the numbers down. We got the numbers down. Not God, not faith, whatever. We got the numbers down. Well, guess what, Cuomo? The numbers were never going to be that high to begin with. Now what you're doing is you're artificially inflating these numbers to make the crisis seem more worse than it really is or really was. So this way you can take more credit from saving more lives that would have never been in jeopardy. That's what it's doing. That's It's all politics. It's all a game of politics. There's, there's no honesty. There's no actually doing things for the greater good or knowing. It's it's all politics. That's that's the nature of the game. That's, where, that's what it is. I understand it. If it was up to me, I wouldn't have done any lockdowns. I would have social distancing. Sure, that doesn't hurt anybody. 
maybe doing some uh, increase the hospital uh, medical personnel and equipment. Yeah, that's fine. Quarantine the high risk. Yeah, that's fine. But to shut down all the businesses and not allow people to go out and require masks and not allow people to gather or not allow people to go to church. Come on. Now you're going over the top. And this is what the Democrats especially want. They want to show, look, we put this tyrannical government into place for a month or two. And look, we saved 2.2 million lives. That's what they want. That's what they want to say. And that's what somebody like Cuomo needs to win politically. Because now you have these bad projection models. He acted on the bad projection models. The projection models get updated. Even with the lockdowns, it shows hundreds of thousands of people are going to die. What happens now when hundreds of thousands of people don't die? Oh, well, look, we just did such a good job. We did so good. I'm just that good. I am that good of a governor that even the projection models couldn't account for how good I am. Or were the projection models just wrong to begin with? I mean, come on. <laughs> the projection models were wrong to begin with. The projection models have zero credibility. When the projection models say 2.2 million are going to die, and then they, when you do lockdowns, that gets lowered to hundreds of thousands, and then a few weeks later, it gets lowered even more. Well, sorry, your projection model. Here, look, the models that accounted for full lockdown still said hundreds of thousands would die. These models were wrong. So why are people still believing the original 2.2 million death projection models? These models have zero credibility and we're basing massive public policy on them. I think that says about all. So first you need to prove lockdown slowed the spread. Then this then prove the spread was slowed enough to prevent medical resources from being overwhelmed. Then prove lockdowns caused more good than harm. If you can prove all of this, then lockdowns were work, worth it. Spoiler alert, they weren't. People forget that the lockdowns were designed to slow the spread, not stop the spread. This way, hospitals wouldn't be overwhelmed. We came nowhere near maximum capacity, even by lockdown standards, lockdown model standards. Even if they worked to slow the spread, lockdowns were not necessarily seri, not necessary and only caused harm. I was just reading off some of my best, my best tweets for the day. But anyway, guys... Trump is finalizing the plans to reopen the economy. Listen to this. A record. 142 days it hit a record. And I think we're going to top those records, okay? And I think we're going to top them soon, once we get rid of the invisible enemy, which will happen. The plans to reopen the country are close to being finalized. And we will soon be sharing details and new guidelines with everybody. I will be speaking to all 50 governors very shortly, and I will then be authorizing each individual governor of each individual state to implement a reopening and a very powerful reopening plan of their state at a time and in a manner as most appropriate. The day will be very close because certain states, as you know, are in much different uh, condition and in a much different place than other states. 
It's going to be very, very close, maybe even before the date of May 1st. So that will be for some states. Actually, there are over 20 that are in extremely good shape. And we think we're going to be able to get them open fairly quickly, and then others will follow. The federal government will be watching them very closely and will be there to help. We'll be so basically, Trump's saying he's talking to all the governors. He's going to get them all to start to open up or at least plan to. So he was saying that there's over 20-something states that are not uh, – <laughs> that don't really have much of a problem. So those are the states that definitely should open up first. So let's go to the state list on who's doing bad and who's doing good. So New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, those are the ones that, you know what, stay closed. <laughs> it may, maybe Louisiana, even though they only have 1,000 deaths, okay? <laughs> maybe those are the states. Yeah, you, you know, just play it safe. Just stay close. But then you got, that was only one, two, three, four. Then you still got 46 other states that are doing fairly well. I am pretty sure all those. It's, it looks like Montana and Dakota have under 10 deaths. Alaska, 10. North, North Dakota, 10. Hawaii, 10. West Virginia, 10. Utah, 20. Jeez, yeah. Every Let's see how many states are under 100 deaths. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, about 22 or 23 have under 100 deaths. I think it's pretty safe to say that those states can fully open at full capacity. As for New York and New Jersey, I mean, it, it's New York has almost 11,000. New Jersey doesn't even have 3,000. So there's still a, a large discrepancy between those two. So, I mean, at this point, it could be safe to say New Jersey could just open up as well. But we know New York is artificially inflating their statistics so I think that I personally think that they should be ready to go open too as well. I, I don't think there should have been any lockdown whatsoever, especially. So this is the thing. You have to prove the lockdowns actually flatten the curve. You have to prove that first. And then you need to prove that the curve was flattened enough to the point that you didn't exceed hospital resources. If you didn't flatten the curve, you if you weren't going to hit, hit peak peak hospital resources, then it was pointless. The whole point of flattening the curve is so this way no extra people die because there was no hospital resources to treat them. If we weren't going to hit that peak, this whole thing was for nothing. And guess what? It was for nothing. Chris Cuomo slams CNN. Listen to this. Because I don't want to spend my time doing things that I don't think are valuable enough to me personally like what well i don't like what i do professionally i've decided um i like doing this show i like talking to you guys but i don't value indulging irrationality hyperpartisanship. i don't think it's worth my time so real quick, he's pretty much saying that his job at CNN, he doesn't, he's not liking it because the, obviously the corporate overlords are trying to push this partisan politics and he's attacking and it, he's sick of it. He's getting sick of it because I, I'm, I'm sure it escalated so much since Trump took office. 
I can only imagine. And he, he's, he's on this other radio show, and it seems like he likes it better because he gets to actually talk what he wants to talk about and not listen to his corporate overlords. Obviously, those corporate overlords are paying him millions of dollars, so he's going he's gonna to keep doing that. And I don't want some jackass, loser, fat tire biker um, to be able to pull over uh, and get in my face and in my space and talk bullshit to me. I don't want to hear it. And just like you would, right? You, you're not going to tolerate that, right? Some cat just basically pulls up in the driveway next to yours and starts getting in your face about stuff. How, how's that going to go? How's that going to go? I don't know what he's talking about with the, with the whole biker stuff. But regardless, this has happened after Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, had his whole uh, virus crisis. And it made him, I guess, rethink his life on what is actually worth it and what I'm doing. And he comes out, he's kind of slamming CNN. I don't think CNN is going to take any action against him. Maybe they'll be like, hey, yo, you can't do that. We're paying you millions of dollars. Can you not say that? That's probably the extent because he he does have a as successful as it could get mainstream left-wing show. I mean, the whole thing is pretty much... That whole industry is pretty much dying, but I guess he's still one of the top dogs in that dying industry. So, I mean, I guess good for him. Apparently, he is an a hole to other people. He's always yelling and fighting with random people. I think I don't, I don't know. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please like, subscribe, turn the post notifications on, do whatever you got to do. Shoot me a text nine one seven five four zero eight seven six eight. Yeah, that's the number. Just shoot me a text. You can stay updated. Subscribe to the podcast, America the Podcast, on all the podcast apps. And send send it to your friend if you can. Send the podcast to your friends. It'll help me out a lot. If you're listening on Apple, rate it five stars because all the leftists, they're spamming one star. So if you can help me out there, that'll help out a lot. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, you can, you can get out of here now. Shoo. Shoo, stop listening. Peace.